Hello everyone and welcome back to the Two Baggies One Libel podcast. Last game of the season. The season's over. Yes. Finally. Oh Jesus my god. Christ. What a absolute drag this season has become. The false hope. Oh. The you know real real bad lows. Um, maybe it's the recency of it all, but really does feel worse than the last time we went down. I don't know why. Um, it just feels like it was an entire mess. Uh, from like we know the true extent of our board's ineptitude, maybe that's what makes it worse. Mm. Um, you know, we'll get through the game. We don't want to go into too much detail about everything because we like we want to go into detail about the game, but not like the surrounding issues around the club because we do want to make podcasts um, during the off season, uh, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about because of us yeah, needing we, a new manager and potentially. We really want to go into the we want to go into the bedrock of it, don't we? Yeah, we don't want to sort of be talking about it on the sort of post match. Uh, podcast episodes so we will do that in the coming weeks i'm sure and, go and into the a lot episode of, uh, would get bloated if we talk about the leeds game and then talk about this it could just become a bloated 30 minute episode and no one wants to listen to a bloated episode about a 3-1 loss of leeds uh as as our statistics show us um please please help us revitalize this podcast <laughs> this is urgent. no it's 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 uh results have been horrible and in yeah. truth it hasn't been fun to make these podcasts um, other than when we get to talk shit, but when we actually have to get into the nitty gritty and talk about horrible, horrible losses, um, is when it becomes a bit tedious. But hopefully that won't last long, and we have had some great moments this season. So uh, mm. a great shout out to you guys, uh, and that, we're looking forward to next season. I think, especially with our content taking a shift, if the uh, stadiums reop- continue to be reopened, uh, and you might see me and Dom at a game. So we'll get into this one, which was at Ellen Road, and there were fans there. Uh, hilarious that Leeds wait what uh, 15 16, how many years to get back in the Premier League and watch a game at Ellen Road and the first Not game they have to watch is a <laughs> horrible horrible West Bromwich Albion side I mean they, at least yeah. they got to saw goals but I mean I think they would much rather it be you know United Leeds uh, sort of Leeds West Bromwich Albion I'm yawning thinking yeah. about this horrible season now Jesus Christ yeah we we win in the smallest, smallest way possible. That their first game back is against one of the worst sides that we've seen in the Premier League. Ha, prank, um, score three goals prank. against us. Ha, prank. You got gut boys. Uh, you had to oh witness this side. But yeah, I mean, it, what more can you say? It's a 3-1 loss to lead to Ellen Road. It sucks. Especially as, I said this on the call down, it's a team that came up with us. A team that we know a lot about. Bielsa's leads. Yeah. Haven't played with them in the Championship. Um, and obviously the result that came early on in the Premier League season against them that we played at our place as well, um, you know, just shows just shows the difference in class um, between these two sides, class, strategy, stylistics, management, uh, transfer policy, basically every element it, it takes to run a football club. Um, is better than our current administration. Um, you could tick all that off, and this is what happens. You know, this has been a, a bit. This game's been a bit of a microcosm for you know, how to run a football club when coming from the Championship to the Premier League and how not to run one uh, as a complete antithesis to that. So, you know, two two examples, one of a thing of how to do it and one of how not to do it. Um, and it just so happens that we support the club of the latter, which kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I was really happy on the call down when you brought it up, the comparison between the two, because that, that's what sticks out. It's so painful to see a club like these who've had their issues and I am scared that we suffer the same fate that they did uh, with their ownership and p- bad uh, sort of cycles with that um, 
especially if our owner panic bot sells us. Uh, obviously, again, we'll talk about that later today. Um, mm. But they've come up that they actually invested money, um, a lot of money. I'm not saying we needed to invest the same amount as they did, but they they were willing to, at the very least. And they have great decision makers at their club and mm. an incredible manager and an incredible philosophy, not just from the manager, but from the ownership downwards. They really embodied what it means to be a Leeds player and a Leeds fan. Um, does that exist for West Brom? Definitely not now in its current form. Did it ever the West Brom way? I mean, you'll go to West Ham and they'll go, oh, it doesn't play West Ham football whenever they want a manager out. It's like, well, what's West Ham football? It's like, what's West Brom football? It's impossible to say. Um, I, well, think, I don't think I we think, have an intrinsic. I don't think we do have an. Intrinsic I think we have intrinsic values, but we don't have intrinsic philosophies to football. I think. I think it's our, a, more it's our a... values are in uh, sort of like the three degrees and uh, pushing boundaries and standing mm. up for what's right. But when it comes to football, yeah. I don't know whether that's there. But you know, and how much our ownership has a role in us continuing being prevalent in things like Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. Is it possible agree to with say, that? But... Yeah, yeah, I'd absolutely agree that I think that there's a a distinct sort of um, culture to the club uh, that's sort of enthralled in in our history. I'd agree with that. I think it's a bit of a a bit of a straw man when these clubs come up and they sort of talk about the insert club name here way. Um, you know, Manchester United are absolute deviants for it. So are West Ham, and they talk about it, it's like it's not the Man United way, it's not the West Ham way, like you say. And I think to myself, well, you have all these variations of managers and styles and different players that come in with different crops and, and all this whatever. And it's like, well, there isn't really any way. What you're basically saying is if the manager comes and plays a certain style that you don't agree with, then it's then it's the opposite of what you think it is. That Basically, they mean like exciting football. That's basically it. And I think West Ham fans levied that at our current manager, you know, Sam Allardyce, when he was there in his tenure and said, this isn't the West Ham way, playing the Sam Allardyce play, way of football, which, you know, I mean, I think Mikel Antonio, um, I think unjustifiably touched on it when we played West Ham previously. And he talked about the West Ham way and talk, sorry, about the Sam Allardyce way of playing football. And that we were basically pumping the ball up to people and, and playing this Victorian style era of football I'm just paraphrasing him didn't exactly say that but that's basically what he was trying to infer um, and it's very unfair and I think Sam picked him up on that as well and said that it was unfair and I think he's and I agree with Sam on that I think Sam um, I had my reservations about him so did you when he first signed um, we were very much team Bilic here uh, didn't want we wanted Bilic to have a little bit more time to mould this club because we saw what he did in the championship don't want to go too much in on that but I'm just saying that Sam has really um testament to you know the, the opinions of him that have pre, that have predated him coming to Albion um, and he's played good football especially to the back end of this season it's just not been good enough basically we've we've drawn we've drawn way too many games um, if you look at our right of draws we have I think one of the highest uh, draw rates in the league or something I think it's close to four something crazy a lot more than the teams around us that's for absolutely sure so we just couldn't see out games we couldn't score crucial goals uh, and that's basically why we've ended up in this position just above Sheffield United and going down yeah uh, just bad decisions at times a bad squad that meant it took a while for uh, Sam's sort of philosophies to get across uh, or a squad that was just disinterested Maybe because of the administration. Just just so many question marks around this season. But talking um, about... Sorry to interject slightly. No, but go for it, man. Talking about being disinterested. Um, 
I mean, this is a good game to see that. I mean, it, the team did look a little disinterested. They're not the worst team I've seen in terms of a final game of the season and already knowing that they're down. It wasn't the worst performance. I think when Newcastle went down in one of their relegations, sort of, sort of eight to ten years ago, I saw them go down. Um, and they had players like, I think it was like uh, Gutierrez and things like that. And they just weren't chasing balls, weren't playing. That sticks out in my mind. And them just not bothering. And p- pundits at the time were like, these players just want to go. They're ready to get on the plane, ready to, for their transfers and go to another club. I didn't see that with West Brom against Leeds. I saw a team that had just been beaten relentlessly for a whole season and were just ready, like us as fans, were ready for it to be over. Yeah. And Leeds are a team that were well up for it, were a team that were well enthused by a manager that's well um, documented as being one of the best in, in European football, um, has a clear philosophy, has a clear way of playing football, and they play as a unit and they deservedly beat us 3 1. And I mean, in terms of being disinterested, I mean, the first goal, Rodrigo scores at the back post of a corner. And I mean, it misses basically five West Brom defenders. Yeah, I mean, it's horrible defending, man. <laughs> just shows, shows a lack of awareness, a lack of spatial awareness, a lack of positioning. Um, and it's, it's basically a free header at the back post. Um, and that's just for me. That was a that was a clear sign of the rest of the game. And that's basically where the wheels just started coming off from the 17th minute all the way to the the 90 plus minute. Yeah, I mean Leeds wanted to put a show on for their fans, and they definitely did that. Um, I, I didn't watch the game, or was at work. Um, and actually at work where I was, they had the Liverpool game on, uh, and I can imagine that was a much better watch uh, than the Leeds West Brom game from West Brom perspective, of course. Mm. Um, you know, you second, was it the much, second mate. goal? <laughs> Calvin Phillips free kick. Johnson's got to do way better there. Yeah, he uh, has to. Such a great season he's had, uh, and it's just a dreadful attempt at a stop. It does bounce in front of him, but yeah. for a guy that's been so good all season, he's got to be saving that. Um, but, you know, amazing season, as I said. That doesn't surmise his entire year. Uh, it no. doesn't uh, doesn't just... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, whatever. It doesn't X his whole season. Um so he'll be playing Premier League football next year and he deserves to and he'll be going to the Euros as well uh, mm. with Nick Pope having knee surgery. So he will be at the Euros, I do believe. Um, and, and like you said, deserve it. I mean, he's got the most uh, saves in the Premier League. Um, yeah, we've conceded a bunch of goals, but you know that's that's down to the defence. That number balloons the way that we Sam Johnson's in not in goal, man. Like, Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, he, he has been really good. Pulled out some brilliant stops, some unbelievable ones and... I yeah, think yeah. he'll, uh, just to go out there, I think he'll be at Tottenham next year. Uh, uh, that's what I think he'll be doing next year. Um, as for everyone else, you know, Matos Pereira, quote-unquote, phoned sick or something. I don't know. He was never going to play. You know, the guy's worth 30 million mm. plus. He's not going to play a, a dead rubber match against Leeds United. That's never going to happen. Yeah, he's um, on the way out, isn't he? He is, <laughs> Which but, you is know... unfortunate, but... He'd give, every, he'd give everything to the club, and... Uh, We've given everything to him, you know. We we we've shown him love. He's shown us love in return. So we look. For, we'll obviously be watching his uh, career with great interest going forward. I think, and I hope things don't end badly. Uh, and I don't care where he goes. He could go to Wolves. He could go to Villa. I don't care. I'm not going to hate the guy for doing that. I really don't. Um, so uh, ideally, I'd want him to go somewhere else. But if that's where he ends up, I don't care. Not going to be like, oh, he's dead to me. I don't care. I really don't. Um, <laughs> the guy can do what he wants. Uh, especially after enduring this season with us. I was um, going to say, after having this season, it, it doesn't matter what happens after this season now. We've kind of gone through the baptism of fire when it comes to, to grief in relation to football. It's just been such a tortured yeah. season. 
Uh, everyone else, you know, I didn't see, but Dora Shea apparently had words with Allardyce as he was subbed off. Very mm. much didn't appreciate that. Caleb Robinson straight down the tunnel uh, when he was subbed off or take, I don't, again, I don't know. Like, this is poor from us as a podcast, but, you know, this is, uh, you know, uh, an, a metaphor of what it has been to become an Albion fan this season, just but disinterest. This is, this is, yeah, this is this is an effect of the season and an effect of this game. I mean, I'm watching the game. The goal goes in 17th minutes, Rodrigo. Such a poor and soft goal to give away. I know it's. I know the context is the last game of the season, we're already down, blah, 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 blah. But you've got to think to yourself, I don't know, it's testament of character, right? Individualistically. You've got to be like, you've got to go out there, winning mentality, let's last win this game, game, screw them over. Right, last Premier League game, we're playing championship football next season. It's not a case of they've got to woo the manager because the manager's got himself. The manager's jump ship anyway. So it's another weird dynamic to have because they already know that. They're having little arguments, it looks like, with when they're being substituted. But, you know, they're not trying to woo anyone. Um, so it's it's a weird motivational element it's like how do they motivate themselves the only thing in that instance with all these things going on to motivate themselves is their own self-motivation of going i'm a professional footballer i've got this will to win indoctrinated in me supposedly i've got to go out there win do my best didn't seem like that was the case especially early on with that early goal and then as the whole game transpired it became evident that that wasn't the case at all and i mean we talk about the penalty as well i want to talk about the bamford penalty given away by um Yokuslu, who's been great this season hit him on the arm blatant penalty we've seen a bunch of them this season furlong's the main culprit to be honest if it's a handball in the penalty area we've had a bunch of penalties and obviously it was david coote that was refereeing as well um so it's kind of hilarious in relation to key refereeing decisions but it doesn't matter at this point and it was blatant um but it was kind of fitting having david coote referee our final premier league game of the season after all the trouble we've had with him over the course of this season i'm surprised he's allowed um, to ref that game especially with you um after everything that's happened but yeah you know, handball, just things going wrong, lacklustre uh, effort out there from the guys. But it's, you know, I think it's hard to see past all this negativity. But these guys, some of these guys, some won't be there, but a lot of these guys will be there next season. And they've just had, respect individually, some good seasons in the Premier League. And they'll then mm. be starting games for the Championship. So if, if the manager can come in and gel these guys together and, you know, Build the morale and have a fit fighting squad. I think we are in good stead to go straight back up. I'm thinking Darnell Furlong, uh, Connor Townsend, uh, who were fringe championship players who've then gone on to have good champi- uh, Premier League seasons, who can now be some of the best players in the championship next year. Uh, and I think that's how they'll be looking at it. So there is positivity there, I think, Dom. Well, yeah, absolutely, and, and massive levels of progression for a lot of these players. You've named a few there. There's a few more as well, and it looks like the lone players will probably be going. Um, again, we don't want to go too much into that because we'll we'll broaden this out and really give it the proper depth and uh, analysis of uh, in a future podcast and really go through all this stuff. But just to go through it slightly, but um, you know, moving forward, I feel like we've got a good squad. We've got a getting the right guy at the helm. Just getting the right guy at the helm to, to see us through. Um, because, I mean, bringing it back to Leeds United, I mean, when Bielsa came in, Leeds United were very much a mid-table championship side. And yeah, they made a couple of... Um, they signed a couple of key players. But I mean, really kept the bulk they? of that side. Yeah. I mean... They kept they, they kept the bulk of that side as no, a mid-table uh, yeah, championship but side. But did they make that many signings? I think he got Bamford Not really. in. That's about it. Uh, well, they had a couple... I think maybe it was Casilla as well. 
The, yeah, the I, I'm thinking about the documentary I watched. Um, there was a couple, though, a handful maybe, but they, he didn't yeah. alter the entire squad um, at all. So he came in, took this mid-level um, championship side, mid-table championship side, and turned them into a team that within two seasons practically, or a couple of seasons, is now a mid-table Premier yeah, League side. It is insane what Bielsa's has done. Um, and I wasn't questioning the Leeds, how good Leeds have done, or a bit how good Bielsa's done. I was genuinely questioning if they even brought that many players in. Because, you know, mm. um, who is it? Like, Matthias Click was part of that Leeds team that was sort of middling uh, in the championship. And he went on to be one of the best players in the league. Um, mm. The two seasons they pushed for promotion and uh, went up along with us. Um, so, what Bielsa did there was incredible. I saw a stat, it was something like... Um, most mile, uh, most kilometers run first. Uh, high energy sprints first. All this um, amount of players use last, which is ridiculous. Mm. Uh, yeah. How small this squad is, and how much work they're doing, how how fit they are. And I think once we take off our rose tinted billich glasses off at, at points, the, the the squad was never that fit. I think when we look at it, uh, and that was an issue that people had, and I can see that now. Um, but under Bielsa, that Leeds team runs and runs and runs and runs. Um, and that, I mean, that well, has something I mean. to do with the conditioning, but also just the, they want to do that for the manager. We need to mm. find that as well. You know, if we can get a great name in, like, I, I mean, I don't want to go into too much detail, but there's Lampard out there. If we can somehow get this guy there, I, st- I think Lampard's still a good manager, um, uh, despite a, 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 a setback at Chelsea. Uh, and obviously Chris Wilder there as well, who's a great players manager. Um, is he that good a manager? Again, I don't want to go who, into Lampard. It all, I would, I would, yeah, I, would I think just, Lampard's I would... a good manager. I think he's definitely a very good championship manager. Um, and he, you know, he people... failed to get Derby promoted, mate. Oh no, but he still took them to that playoff semi-final, uh, mm. playoff final even. Um, and his first season at Chelsea was very good. Um, so there's question marks there, obviously. There's question marks around mm. Wilder. Very bad season this year, but you know, manager of the year last year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, was it Ishmael Valerian or something like that? Uh, Barnsley boss. Um, I've been, I've rated him uh, for a while when he came to Barnsley. I was watching them against Chelsea and they looked good. Uh, and they really did fly up the championship table. I was rooting for them uh, in the playoffs. Sadly, they didn't get through to the final, but uh, he's another name. But the Palace job makes things a little bit difficult. Um, as does the Sheffield no, does the Sheffield job not entirely sure but the Palace job definitely does um, so we'll have to see what happens obviously uh, two bags on live ball podcast and Instagram we will be all over that uh, but yeah hoping for better aren't we Dom yeah absolutely and, and it can only get better at this point really fingers surely, crossed probably. bloody hell oh, well that's it last podcast of the Premier League season about the Premier League games what a whirlwind it's been the deal. Uh, we thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's been yeah. mental. Like I'm really, I think about. We've interviewed some great players as well. I mean, we interviewed Sada Berahino and and Paul yeah. Robinson and all these guys yep. and um, Nigel Quasi and all these guys that we've uh, interviewed. Um, forgive me if I'm forgetting anyone, but we thank everyone for being part of it. If you've ever come on the podcast, yeah. if you've ever contributed, and obviously just for listening and following. So thank you for that, guys. Uh, and Dom, thank you for uh, being alongside me this year and uh, joining me again yeah, and- to discuss this absolute shit show that was the Leeds game yeah mate and thank you as well because we've had it we've been like soldiers of fortune together having to endure this season mate at times it's been it's been really really tortured hasn't it it's been tough 
a lot of these 5 nil, 4 nil losses coming on at like 11 o'clock at night and having to go through it all, you feel like uh, vindicated or something, don't yeah. you? you? just feel Just to get to off. the end. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, we'll leave it with you guys. Uh, we'll see you when we see you. Hopefully, next season's better. Obviously, content. We'll be able to do some stuff around the stadium, fingers crossed. But obviously, during the off-season, we will still be posting. Of course, we will. Uh, and we'll try and... Mm-hmm. It'll be more upbeat, I think. We won't be talking about losses. We'll just be talking about random, funny stories and stuff like that. So, thank you for listening. Hope to see you next time. Come on, you baggies.